Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Would you join me in the Word of the Lord as we read from the book of Romans chapter 8, the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. We're going to begin at verse number 14, Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. Paul says in this 14th verse of the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, and then he makes this great statement of affirmation, they are the sons of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are, this is what we are, we are the children of God. And then verse 17 says, And if children, if indeed we are what we have now been proclaimed to be as sons and children, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together and for a little while this morning I wish to preach from that 17th verse simply this heirs of God heirs of God would you ask the Lord to help us now Jesus I'm asking you Lord for the great help of the Holy Ghost to take that which you have placed in our heart and help us God to communicate the truths of the word of the Lord God that they would be deposited in our heart and our soul and we would embrace them by faith today God that you would do an incredible work of the Holy Ghost dear God in opening our understanding to all of those things that you have provided for us in the name of Jesus Christ we pray can we lift our hands and voices to the Lord just one more time to make a joyful sound of praise to our God, worshiping Him cheerfully and joyfully unto Jesus Christ. Praise God. 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 And you may be seated. God bless you. The book of Romans is one of those incredible books uh, that uh, is placed within uh, the canon of Scripture, written by the Apostle Paul. And in this particular book, the Apostle Paul is very candid. Uh, he, Paul's a very blunt speaker anyway. He doesn't spare a whole... That all are in the same condition. Whether it is the Jews who was the favored nation of God or whether it is the Gentiles with their perceived ignorance of God, he emphatically states unequivocally in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23, he simply says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
regardless of what religious background one might have and what, regardless of what one's relationship to uh, some form of a church might be or whether one has never ever darkened the doors of Christianity, he said all is in the same condition. All have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. Now, lest you would think that this is just Paul's narrow-minded thinking and thought about the, the, the conditions of humanity, may I say to you that when he wrote to the church at Galatia, in the book of Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 22, he said, this is not just my thinking, but Scripture hath concluded all under sin. This is not just what I think about the condition of humanity, but Scripture has concluded that all are under sin. He will write further in the book of Romans chapter 3 and verse number 9 when he says Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin as it is written. This is not just the thought of the preacher, the apostle Paul. This is not just a concept that he has, he's somehow or another concocted out of years of examination. Rather, he says, it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. So he puts us in the same boat. He puts us in the same category, regardless of our status in life, regardless of the strata we might come from, regardless of the demographic of our population that we might be, all are under sin. Now that's very important for you and I to understand that we become examined by the scriptures and that we be known that we are under sin because our self-assessment, our own examination oftentimes deceives us for in our self-assessment we are led to the wrong conclusion of our spiritual condition and we often times in our self-assessment compare ourselves with those that are around us and it brings us to the conclusion well I am better than they are or at least I am as good as they are but my ruler and my comparison that I need to follow and that which I need to compare myself to is not to my fellow neighbor or to those that are around me in any form of my walk of life but I must compare myself with scripture because scripture is like a mirror scripture reveals the raw material Scripture shows what we really are. It's kind of like Oliver Cromwell of, of the ancient past. He was having a portrait painted of him. And uh, they, the, the, the artist that was painting his portrait, he, she, she left off some warts that was on his face. When she was done, she turned the, the, the picture around to show him her masterpiece that she had made concerning him. And he became came angry and he said paint me warts and all 
Paint me just the way I am. And so when we look into the Word of God, the Word of God doesn't remove the blemishes. The Word of God doesn't remove the stains. The Word of God does not remove those things that are lacking. The Word of God reveals exactly our shortcomings. That's the reason why many do not like to traverse in the Word. And that's why many don't like to hear the Word. Because the Word enlightens us as to my shortcomings and enlightens me to my perilous condition and my sinful environment and what I need to change in my life. And so when we look into the Word of God, we say, oh my, is that what He sees? And is that how He views me? And it causes me to want to change my life. But now, Paul, as he writes in the book of Romans, and he very bluntly points out these sins and puts us all in the same condition and says that we are all sinners. He leaves us not in this spiritual condition and leaves us in some kind of a lost abyss. Rather, he throws us a a rope, a, a line of rescue as if he says, you know, there is a way out. I may be a sinner, but there is a way out. I may have blemishes, but there is a way to wash away those blemishes. I may have shortcomings, but there is a way to remove those shortcomings. So he writes in Romans 5 and 8, God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Us. In other words, while I was stained with sin and while I was blemished with iniquity and while I fell so short of His desires and His expectation, He died for me because that He loved me. Not just that we were sinners, ladies and gentlemen, but we were enemies. Romans says in Romans 5 and 10, for if when we were enemies, we were not just sinners, we were enemies. We was not just living a different life from the life of God, but we was in direct opposition as an opponent to God. We were enemies, but He has reconciled us to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved from His life. That's the beautiful message of the Word of God that I may be a sinner, but He can bring me to this wonderful gift of salvation. I don't know about you, but that's the greatest message in all the world. That's the greatest message in all the world. I once was a sinner, but now I have found salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. The cross, His death, His atonement, that's a wonderful message. And oh, it makes me want to sing that old song. I called my wife last night late and said, what was that old song? And I just kind of hummed it to her and she, she got it because she could pick up my, my, my tune that I was, I, was, I was singing to her. But we eventually came along with with it, but it goes something like this. Thank God I'm free, free, free from this world of sin. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been born again. Hallelujah. I'm saved, saved, saved by His wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out that He could bring me out and show me the way. Is anybody glad today that He brought you out of sin? 
and brought you into this wonderful gift of salvation. I believe that's worth celebrating. I believe that's worth rejoicing over. I believe that's worth praising over. I believe that's worth magnifying God over. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was in a miry clay, but now I stand on a solid rock. That is a glorious thing and something to give God praise for. Let's do it now to the Lord Jesus Christ. He brought me out. Oh, I wish somebody could worship over that. He brought me out. He brought me out. He lifted me up. He brought me in. (laughs) Now watch. He's moved the designation of my life. He's moved the designation. Because I once was known as a sinner. We like We like to reject labels. Christ in the Word of God places a a huge label on all of us. I once was known as a sinner. But once I come to Him, once I come through the cross and the blood and the cleansing of His name, He changes my designation. Romans 8 and 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're no longer called sinners. They're called sons of God. My label has been changed. The designation that was once applied to me. I'm not known as a sinner now, an enemy of God, but I'm known as a son of God. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We've received the spirit of adoption. Now, he who I once opposed, he who I once was in opposition, I now, with relationship, cry, Habba, Father. Oh, friend, what a beautiful transformation he's brought in our life. I'm now now not on the wrong side of the cross I'm on the right side of the cross I'm now not on the wrong side of God I'm on the right side of God I'm not on the side of judgment I'm on the side of mercy I'm not on the side of condemnation I'm on the side of God's great spirit in my life I'm no longer a sinner I'm now a son of God change transform Now Paul, as he continues this great thesis of the book of Romans, he brings us through these stages. A sinner, all of us are there. We must experience this transformation, the removal of that label sinner, the application of a sonship before God, but then he doesn't leave it there. He brings us on as he concludes this book in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, Now he calls these that he once designated in the early chapters of Romans. He designated them sinners. He now calls them brethren because they're a part of the family of God. They're a part of the household of God. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what's good, acceptable and the perfect will of God can I just put Paul's message in a nutshell, he's saying this he's moved you from a sinner to a son and now you need to move to a surrendered life before God this doesn't stop at the cross this doesn't stop 
at the blood. This doesn't stop at the name. It must continue in a life that is completely surrendered and given and yielded to God in every aspect. I don't just visit the cross and walk away. I don't just come to the blood and then turn back. I don't just come to the name and get the cleansing of God upon my life and then proceed on from there. But I move from from a sinner to a son to a surrendered and a yielded life. Can I tell you, a surrendered life is the most beautiful life you'll ever live. I said the surrendered life is the most beautiful life you'll ever live. A life that is just totally yielded and committed and given to God. When you give Him your life, your heart, your mind, your soul, and everything on the inside of you. When you just spread your arms out as He spread His arms out on Calvary. You spread your arms out in sacrifice to God and say, God, here I am. Lock, stock, and soul. I give you everything I got. That's the most beautiful way to live life. It's the most beautiful way to live is to live a surrender surrendered life before God. You see, Christianity, this life of moving from sinner to son to surrendered life gives us the the concept and the idea that my relationship with God is progressive. It must move forward. If my life with God doesn't move forward, then I'm going to stagnate and I will become stale and I will lose out with God. But I must be progressively moving on constantly. I come now as a sinner. I come into sonship. I move to a surrendered life. I am constantly progressing forward, moving nearer and closer to God. Does anybody remember that old song that we used to sing? I am thine, O Lord. I've heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer, drawn to thee. And then that great chorus when the congregation would lift its voice and say, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side, because I don't ever want to go back to what I came out of. I said, I don't ever want to go back to what I got out of. I once was a sinner, but now I'm a son, and I want to continue surrendering my life. I don't want to go back to that that old pit. I don't want to go back to that that miry clay. I don't want to go back to that life of sin and iniquity. I don't want to go back to the ditch that he pulled me out of. I don't want to go back to the mess and the darkness and the confusion. I want to proceed on in a relationship and a fellowship with God. Can I just say it like this? It just gets better and better and better and somebody said it like this it's not too good of English but it got the message across it gets gooder and gooder and gooder as the days goes by I'm telling you what living for God is the best life you'll ever live I wish I could preach that loud and clear I wish I could get that in every section of this congregation this morning I wish I could get it out across the internet right now living for God is the best life you're ever going to live there's no life like living for God you won't find it in any place of amusement of this world you won't find it in any substance that you can buy off of a street somewhere you're only going to find this quality of life in a life that is found at the cross of Jesus Christ so draw me nearer draw me nearer 
nearer. Draw me nearer, Lord. This is a good life. I love this life. This is the best life that there is. Somebody clap your hands and just shout a little bit to the Lord now. Mm. See, to, to comprehend this, this, what we've been brought into, to comprehend this, this transition, sinner, son, surrendered life, to, to comprehend it, to understand it, Paul uses terms in this eighth chapter that are terms that denote relationship, that denote connection, that denote a, 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 a fellowship. That, that goes beyond our comprehension and our ideas and our concepts. He uses words here in this 8th chapter. Now he's moved us from sinner to son to surrendered life. Unless one would think that this life is the doldrums. Unless one would think that this life is miserably bleak. Unless one would think that this life coming from sinner the sonship in this surrendered pathway that lest one would think that this suddenly has, has, has caused me to move into some kind of new bondage or restriction. He introduces us to words that describes to us this new life that I'd like to tap in today. And I really think we would enhance our, our, our commitment of Christianity if we'd tap into these words. He uses words like sons, father, heirs. He starts talking about a family. He starts talking about a household. He starts talking about a, a structure that's got safety and not only for the present, but has a future that is beyond this right now. This is what you and I have got to understand. Because we oftentimes view Christianity. I, I use that loosely, but in, in, a, in a term that is kind of flung out by maybe the press. Or maybe by those that just kind of peer in from the outside. They, they use words like Christianity. And they use words like religion and things like that. And when they, they look at this, they just they, they, they look at it outside of the scope of relationship. They look at it outside the scope of this, this house and a family and, and sons and father and heirs. They, they look at it as more as a society, as a little clique, a little group that kind of gets together that has wild and crazy thoughts that are different from everybody else. And they don't really understand that this journey I'm on from sonship to 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 this this or from sinner to sonship to this surrendered life is about this household of faith it's about this family a father i'm a son i'm a daughter i i, I have an inheritance in all of this this is what we've got to understand if you want to enhance your walk with god you've got to change your perspective about what you've been brought into you've got to change your concept about what you have been 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 experienced and what you've been born into. If you think that you're just joining a, a, a brick and mortar a building, if you think you're just kind of joining a, a little group that meets on, on, on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a Wednesday night or some other gathering, you're going to miss the beauty and the glory of really living for God. But when you understand I've been brought into a family. I've been brought into a, a place where I have a father. 
I'm a son, I'm a daughter, and there's an inheritance in this. There is something I'm going to receive in this relationship with God. Now, I really think that this is the disillusionment. And we're living in a, in a day where there's such a disillusionment about Christianity and religion. And, and, and we hear it so often, the polls, the statistics are out there. And I'm just amazed because you can't hardly read an article at any time that doesn't quote some of these statistics about the abandoning of religion. The abandoning of Christianity. Uh, headlines. Church shuts its doors. Christianity is caving, folding. And, and, and said people are walking away by, by the groves and, and, and numbers that are unprecedented. They're turning their back on, on organized religion and Christianity. And all of these are just kind of terms that are tossed out there without any real understanding or comprehension. And so what, what we got to understand is these that have these opinions... They're mere sightseers in the church, but they've neglected the relationship of sonship. They're just people that look and they observe the surface, but they've never delved into this experience to find out this is more than just a place to show up at. This is more than just a little thing I do on Sunday. This is more than just something that I'm a part of. This is more than a religious movement, but this is an experience of a family and the father and sonship. This is a house, the house of God. Not just this physical structure, but this spiritual thing that I have been brought into. And so there are those that want to find fault with the house. They want to point out all the flaws may I say to you today you better take care and you better be very careful when you start picking on my house my mama sits back there on that back row our house wasn't perfect it had its faults and it had its flaws and it had its blemishes and it had the things that were wrong with it but that was my house. And it was my house because I was born into it. And that was my mother. And that was my father. And I was a part of that house. You have to understand something. When you start picking on the house of God and you start picking on Christianity and you start picking on religion, I want you to understand you don't understand some things that I understand because I've been born into this house. This is my father. This is my house. Yeah, we have a few things that are wrong from time to time. And there's a few things that kind of get bent out of shape from, 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 from every once in a while. And there, there's a few things that, that, that need to be propped up occasionally. And there, there's a few things that's got to be straightened out. That happens in any household. But I want you to understand, when you get in this house and you understand, I'm a son in the house. And he's my father. And I have an inheritance. And it's the best house in all of the world. Come on now. I'm not just looking for a good relationship. I'm looking for a relationship with God. I'm not just looking for a good relationship with a societal thing. I'm looking for a good relationship with my heavenly Father. That's what I need. You see, you don't, you don't come into this house. You don't come into this house because you got a pedigree. You don't come into this house because you got, you got some kind of heritage. 
our, our, our family background. I'm, I'm third generation Pentecost. My, my grandkids will be, my, my, my boys are fourth generation. My grandkids would be fifth generation Pentecost. But, but I'm not in this thing because of a heritage. I'm not in this thing because of a pedigree. I, I'm not here because my, my, my daddy was a preacher. That's, that's, not, that's not why I'm here. I was born into this. Sitting around a table yesterday with a, with a group, we were talking about the experience of the Holy Ghost. And as a child receiving that experience, and I, I sat there and I got choked up. I, just the tears came. I said, I can remember it like it was yesterday, eight years old, at that, that front pew at 10 minutes to midnight on January the 2nd, 1971. I remember that experience of the Holy Ghost. I'm not here because of a family heritage. I'm here because I was born into this. That's why John writes in John chapter 1, verse number 12, he says, as many as receive him, to them gave he the power or the right or the privilege to become sons of God which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but they were born of a supernatural birth they were born of God for the only way into this spiritual house where I'm a son of God and he's my father and we're heirs is I must repent of my sins and I must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in other tongues that's called the new birth that's called being born again that's how I get in this house I'm not just in any place I'm not just in any any religion I'm not just in anything called Christianity I'm in the Father's house He's my Father I'm His Son you see some of us got this thing kind of turned around we're wanting things out of Christianity but we want no relationship with the Father we want things out of Christianity we want things out of of our experience but we want no relationship with the house if we're not careful we become spiritual prodigal sons that tell our Father I don't want the house but I want the inheritance give me he said that was the words of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 was give me my inheritance give me what's coming to me but I don't want the house And I don't want relationship with the Father. I want all of the results of the house. The benefits of the house. I want all the benefits of the Father. But I don't want the relationship with the house. I don't want the relationship with the Father. If you have the Father, and you're the son of the Father, and you're going to be an heir of the Father, you got to take the whole package. It's the house. It's the Father. It's everything that comes with it. I'm heirs. Heirship comes with it all. If we're not careful, we can become spiritual Absaloms. Who is the son of the Father, King David. Who was next in line to the throne after Amnon was murdered. He would have sat on the throne next by, by heredity. It was to be his. But Absalom divorced himself from his relationship with his father. And he began to seek things out of the kingdom that 
were not intended for him to receive out of the kingdom. And he wanted to manipulate the kingdom. And he wanted the kingdom to become what he wanted the kingdom to become. And because he excommunicated himself from his father, he lost both his relationship with the father and his right to inherit the kingdom because he forfeited that relationship. If I'm going to be an heir of God, I cannot divorce myself from the kingdom, from the father. I got to stay committed to him. And if I stay committed to the Father, oh, I'd like to jump to the end of this right now to tell you that if you'll just stay in the house and if you'll stay with the Father and you'll stay surrendered to the Father, everything he's got will come to you. I said everything he's got, everything that belongs in his house is going to be yours, but you got to stay in the house and you got to stay with the Father. And if you stay with it, God will provide everything. Mm. This is not time. This isn't time to leave the house. This isn't time to walk away from the Father. If I'm preaching to someone today that the devil's been playing with your brain, messing with your thinking, trying to tell you that you just need to, you need to reject the house and you need to reject the Father and you just need to step out on your own and just kind of float your own boat somewhere. May I tell you, heirship, inheritance only comes through the house and relationship with the Father. And don't let the devil manipulate your thinking and your thoughts that you get it outside the house and outside of the relationship with the Father. Just stay in the house. Oh, friend, stay in the house. If I could preach it right here to this right-hand side, I'd tell you, stay in the house. If I could preach to this middle section right now, I'd tell you, stay in the house. If I could preach to this left-hand side right now, I'd tell you, stay in the house. Stay with the Father. Because if you stay with Him, you're going to inherit. I said you're going to inherit everything. you got to stay. So the Apostle Paul, he's trying to He's trying to elevate the thinking of people to make them understand that what they're coming to, moving from sinner to sonship through this surrendered life, he brings them to this whole concept and idea of being heirs with God. Heirs. An heir is one that receives that which their father had. An inheritance that is passed down in succession to those that are beneath him. He said, now you are an heir to this father. He writes it in Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Okay, You're not in bondage in the house. You're not in bondage in the house. You're not in bondage with the Father. You've not received bondage again. You've received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He's brought you into this house. A house you weren't supposed to be in. A part of this you weren't supposed to experience. He's brought you in and given you a right to call Him Father. To look at Him as a son and a daughter. He says, I am the Spirit itself, verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are, regardless of my past now, regardless of what I have been, we are the children of God. 
My past does not dictate what God now sees me as. My yesterday does not decide what I am right now. It doesn't matter how how ugly life may have been and how sinful it may have been and how messed up it may have been. What I am right now is I am a son of God. I wish somebody would say that with me. I'm a child of God. Somebody say it. I'm a child of God. Nudge your neighbor a little bit and just say it with kind of emphatically. I am. I am a child of God. That's what I am. That's what I am. If you would have talked to me sometime back, I couldn't have said that. I would have had to say we're all under sin. But now I have been brought into the house. I am a child of God, and He is my Father. Oh, friend, you got to learn how to use that with confidence. You got to learn how to rise up and say, you know what, my past does not decide what I am right now. It don't matter how messed up things have been. It don't matter how sinful I was. It don't matter what things I may have done. It don't matter how corrupt I might have been. I am now a child of God. Now some can bring it so far. They can say I'm a child of God. But they kind of have problems with still accepting the fact that he's my father. <laughs> and that he doesn't see me now through that prism of being a sinner and an enemy. But he sees me now as a child, as a son. And he's wanting to give me everything. That was the prodigal son when he returned back home. He said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy higher servants. Just move me out to the barn. As long as I can be on the property, I'm all right. We don't have to have a relationship. God don't want you in the barn. He wants you in the house. God don't want you outside. He wants you inside. He wants to have a relationship with you. So I've got to allow this confidence. I am a child of God to connect me to everything the Father wants to do in my life. I've got to allow this idea that I'm no longer a sinner. I have been brought to sonship through this surrendered life and that now I have this relationship with my Father and I can just come in and I can sit down on my Father's lap and I can just ask Him for anything that I would like to have. Come here, buddy. Just come here, man. Just, is, is this going to embarrass you? No, I, you don't know. Okay. Just, you can just crawl right in here. Sit right down on his lap. No, no, no. You got to sit on his lap. You got to sit on his lap. There you go. You got to sit on his lap. Put your arm around him now, buddy. Put your arm around him. Put your arm around him. Now you just look right over there at him. Over at him and said, Now, Daddy, say it with me, Daddy. Daddy? Raise my allowance. Raise my allowance. There you go. There you go. And being the loving father and being the wonderful father, you say, You are my son. And I will give you everything. <laughs> there's hesitancy over here. There's hesitancy over here. But you understand there's this confidence now. There's this confidence that I am a father. That, that he, is, he is my father and I'm a son. And that I can come in and I can sit down on my father's lap. And I can just say, Father, this is what I need. I no longer see myself through this prism of being the sinner. I see myself through this prism of being a son. And that He is my Father. And He's willing now to open this storehouse to me. He's willing now to open these resources and everything that He's got to bring unto me. Come on, get out of the barn. Get back in the house. I feel like preaching there a little while now. Get out of the barn. Get back in the house. You're not in the servants' quarters. You're inside the house. You're with the Father. And the Father wants to give you everything's on the table. 
He wants to give you everything that's in the house. He wants to give you everything that's in the treasury. He wants to give you all the resources he's got. I am a son of God. I am an heir. Somebody say, I am an heir. Somebody proclaim it now. I am an heir. I was a sinner, but now I am a son. He is my father, and I am an heir of God. Simply this, because he's my father. Because he's my father. If I ask, he'll not give me a stone instead of bread. He'll not give me a a serpent instead of a fish. And he'll not give me a scorpion instead of an egg. Because if he, if he is the good father, you being fathers, he said, know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much greater is he How much greater is my Father in heaven that He'll give good things to them that ask of Him. So what we got to get over is what I once was. I'm now a son and I'm in the Father's house. I'm now an heir of God. And I look up at Him and I say, everything that belongs to you now belongs to me. Everything you've got is now mine. It comes to me. I am an heir of the Lord. I wish God would baptize this congregation this morning with a confidence I wish God would baptize every section of this building right now with a holy boldness that would cause us to rise up and say, you know what? I'm not living outside. I'm living inside. I'm a child of God. He's my Father. If I'm a son, I said, if I'm a son, I said, if I'm a son, then I'm an heir. Paul said it, I'm an heir of God. 1 Corinthians 3 and 21. He said all things. Somebody say all things. All things is yours. All things. Everything he's got now belongs to you. All things is yours. He is my father. Luke 12 and 32 says, Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Whatever's in his kingdom. When Esther came before the king in the Old Testament, he said, I'll give you up to half of my kingdom. But when you come to your father in heaven, he said, I'll not just give you half. I'll give you everything that's in my kingdom. I'll give it all to you. You're my son. You're my child. You belong to me. Everything he has belongs to you. Can I tell you today that it was one at Calvary. He purchased for you everything you need at the cross of Calvary. When he spread his arms out on that cross, took those nails into his hands and that spear into his side, when that crown of thorns was placed on his brow and he was humiliated on that hill. It was not just a torturous death but it was a victory that was won. He defeated some stuff there. He defeated darkness. He defeated the devil. He defeated sin. He defeated the power of evil. He took a spoil away from that cross and he says now everything that I've won everything I want I'm heirs with God. Join heirs through Christ Jesus. Everything he won at Calvary belongs to his children belongs to his sons can I tell you what he wanted Calvary he won your salvation that belongs to you today Oh, I wish I could preach it a little while now. I'm telling you, it may be the 21st century and it may be 2023, but what he purchased at the cross is still available right now. That salvation, that salvation.
refuge and that saves me from the precipice of the evil and from the darkness of judgment is available to all mankind. Not only did he provide salvation, but he provided healing at that cross. I'm his child. He's my father. I'm an heir to what he purchased. Healing is mine. I am a child of God. I'm an heir of the Lord. Deliverance is mine. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of the Lord. Victory over sin belongs to me. I've come to proclaim to somebody it's time for you to rise up and say God's moving me from a sinner to a son. I'm going to give him a surrendered life and he that overcometh shall inherit. Shall that he shall inherit all things. Somebody stand with me and clap your hands and just shout to the Lord now. people all across this building right now you need your father to do a great work of the Holy Ghost in your life right now you walked into this building wondering if God could do it you came into this building today wondering if God could make it all happen wondering if God would stretch his arms of love around you I'm here to tell you that there's a great God in this house right now and he said your father he's loved you he wants to bring you into this house and he wants to pour out upon you the gifts. It all belongs to you right now. It's yours from wherever you're standing. Would you lift your hand and your voice to the Lord? Would you just lift a hand? Maybe close your eyes and just tell him, Now, God, I need what you got for me. Would you do it with me now? I need what you got for me. I want to move in this progression of relationship. I don't want to stay on the outside. I want to move in the house. I want him to become my father. That's it from all over the building now. Wherever you're standing, wherever you're at. That's it in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I need to be a son today. I need to be a daughter. I need to be an heir of God. There you go. There's the sweet presence of the Lord. Would you just keep reaching out to him across this building? That's the presence of the Lord you're feeling right now. That's the love of my Father that's in this house. That's the love of my great God. He's reaching his arms out to you now. He's wanting to pull him around you. He's wanting to bring you up. He's wanting to bring you in. He's wanting to bring you a part of this great family of God. He wants to interject you into this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm opening this altar right now. If you're in this building and you've never repented of your sins, this is a good opportunity to repent. If you're here today and you've never been back. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located at 3221 North Porter Avenue in Norman, Oklahoma. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.apostolicworship.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 
or you can email us at info at apostolicworship.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.